Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Elite Investing Show. And today, I've got Eric Bergman, who's the founder of Tena Media, a multi-hundred million dollar company. And he shares his amazing tips to being a successful entrepreneur. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for being on my podcast, Eric. Eric, couldn't hear you. You don't hear me at all right now? Oh, yeah. Now I hear you. Okay, good. <laughs> We're starting over. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for being on my podcast, Eric. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. So you're the founder of Katana Media, which is a $200 million company and the owner of Great.com. Tell the audience a little about how you knew that you wanted to become an entrepreneur and when you realized entrepreneurship was the path that you would know. I don't, think, I don't think that I've ever made the decision to be an entrepreneur or knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just think that was something that I was. I think the first teeny tiny little business that I did was me and my my brother running around on the beaches in my hometown in Sweden gathering soda cans empty soda cans because if you return them to the store in Sweden you get five cents for a soda can and we did this all summer and I was probably I don't know six years old and we managed to to gather enough soda cans to get the equivalent of like hundred dollars or something in the summer and that was like such a fortune for a six-year-old kid. Uh, so I invested all of it uh, really smartly in, in stocks. Um, no, I've been, I bought candy and ice cream for it. <laughs> but I think already then was the first kind of time that me and my brother, my brother was doing most of the things, he's two years older than me, realized that we could do things on our own to make money. And after that, we sold we went around to our neighbors selling bread. Like we took orders on fresh bread on Tuesdays. And then we went to the bakery early in the morning on Saturdays and brought it to everyone's door before they had breakfast. Yeah, uh, so we did like that and we sold, sold lottery tickets. We sold all kinds of things. And I had no idea what, probably the first time I heard the word entrepreneur, I was like 18 or something. And I guess I'd already been one for like 10 years then. <laughs> So it was never really a decision. It was just something I was. And I believe that everyone is an entrepreneur. I think that for me, the definition of being an entrepreneur is making the decision on your own to do something that you can make money from. And that could be starting a podcast like you have just done. Uh, even mm-hmm. if you aren't making much money from it yet, I'm just assuming uh, you're still doing something on your own. No one has told you to do this. This is like your project. You have no boss. In yeah, it. I mean, it's fine. And for me, that makes you an entrepreneur. And even if you were just to decide, let's sell some of my old stuff on Craigslist and you just do that, even if you're not making money from it, for me, that's much more being an entrepreneur than just keeping the old crap at home. So just that kind of mindset is an entrepreneur. So I think that everyone is an entrepreneur. I see. I mean, like, yeah, you know. But do you think, like, people are born entrepreneurs? That's what Gary Vee says. I think that everyone is an entrepreneur. 
I, I believe that <laughs> I believe that everyone has the potential to do it, and I think that pretty much everyone, if you come up with your own ideas, you do your own ideas, and the intention somewhat is to make money or changing things from those ideas. I believe that makes you entrepreneurial, and then it's obviously quite a big difference between Eric, six-year-old, gathering soda cans and Elon Musk building three insanely big companies. But right. both of the things are entrepreneurial. So yeah, I believe that anyone's an entrepreneur. Right. And when you're talking about ideas, where did you get the idea to start Katena Media? So the idea from Katena Media was never really an idea either. Uh, it was this probably seventh try of failing something. So I started the first kind of real business venture I had was try to be a party planner when I was 18 years old and I rented a nightclub. No one came. It was complete humiliation and a complete failure. So I realized I couldn't be a party planner. And then I tried starting a printing business after that and that just mm -hmm. failed. Then I tried to get a job and I didn't get hired. And then I kept failing at some other things. And I started a small web agency. We were building websites for like local companies, like hairdressers, printer shops, shoe shops, Great. small small businesses. And we, we weren't good enough at selling, so we didn't get enough clients. So it's like, okay, what else can we do? And we started building websites for, our, for ourselves that we marketed bingo. Uh, so we did online bingo guides, basically. And that was what later just become Katina Media. And it was never a big idea to start Katina, Katina, just today to give some context, is a huge marketing company working in the uh, online gambling industry, working with casinos and sports books and stuff like that, and giving advice of where to play and how to play. And it just came from nowhere. It came from failing everything else more than this one grand idea. Uh, and I think the key to coming up with ideas is it's not to sit and think that you have to have the perfect idea. It's just better to just start and see where it takes you. It's similar to if you're starting a podcast, you're not going to have the perfect approach to the podcast in the first episode. You're really? probably going to probably change a lot over this year of episodes. That I, mean, you I have. And it's the same thing with business ideas that I don't think anyone comes up with the first business idea that is the great one. I mean, uh, look at Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg. He did tons of different things before he had this, like, you could Absolutely. see which girl was the prettiest in Harvard and all of these things. <laughs> look at Apple and Steve Jobs. The first thing they did was this kind of machine that made you call for free from calling machines. And it's like, no one really starts with a great idea. I think that the key to get ideas is just to start trying things, even if they're good or not. Start the podcast before you know it's going to be good. Start anything and see what happens. Great. And when I was reading about Katana, Katana Media, I read that it was headquartered in Malta. Is that for tax purposes? Because out well, of curiosity. I, actually, I, I live in Malta and oh, I moved okay. to Malta in 2010. And when I moved there, I made about $1,000 a month. So it, I definitely, I didn't know anything about taxes. I was 21, 22. Uh, and then we just ended up there. And, and it's conveniently been there for tax reasons, but we started long before we made any money. So I, I moved there in 2010 and Katina started in 2012. So we had already been 
living outside of Sweden for two years when we started the company. Wow. Um, I mean, but yeah, the taxes are really good, but that's not why we ended up there. That was just a happy coincidence. <laughs> so how exactly does Katana Media operate? What exactly does it do? So the main website of Katina Media is called askgamblers.com and it's basically TripAdvisor but for, for casinos. So you can read about, Katina collaborates with maybe 1,300 casinos or something like that, maybe more, maybe 1,500. So you, you can get information about all of those online casinos and if you have a problem with any of them, let's say you you have uh, gotten a bonus and there have been some dispute about the terms and conditions or anything, you can come to Ask Gamblers and say like, hey, they promised me this, this is the print screen, this is the evidence. And if Ask Gamblers considers you to be right, they bring this up with the casino itself and say like, hey, you, this player, he claims to have done this and this bonus, what's, what's your evidence on this? And we let them show their part of this, and then we give a recommendation of who we believe is right, if the player or the casino. And if we think that the player is right, then we recommend the casino to pay them. And if they don't, everyone can see this publicly, like, hey, this casino didn't actually play fair to this guy. And then we make money from recommendations in the same way as TripAdvisor makes money from hotels. So smart. <laughs> yeah, it's <a> brilliant business. <laughs> On one of your Instagram posts, you've mentioned that success isn't always about greatness and it's about consistency. So would you say that people like Jeff Bezos, you know, are probably like the greatest people in the world? I mean, like, you know, he's pretty great. I mean, like, he, I mean, if you put greatness in terms of riches, I mean, he's like the greatest person in the world, so. Yeah, I mean, if you put greatest, if you put success in the name of richness, it definitely is. Uh, I don't think that success is a part of richness. Money is a little, money is a part of it. To me, the most successful person in the world is the happiest person in the world who also makes the people around them the happiest people in the world. Right. And money can be a tool for that. Money can help you to be happier. Money cannot make you happy, but it can make you happier. So money can solve a lot of problems. Most problems are fairly cheap to solve and with cheap i mean you don't need hundreds of billions of dollars like jeff bezos does you need you need a decent place to live you need to own your own time and be able to do what you want when you want you need to be able to not worry about safety of your family or hospital bills or anything like that you need to be able to eat whatever you want and if you can travel wherever you want and have some money to give away and support people I think that you covered most of what money can do for you and most of what money can do for happiness and what how you can use happiness around you. So I think that consistency is about making decisions to put you in a situation like that where you earn enough money every month to do all of these things. And that's maybe $5,000 a month or $10,000 a month, but more than that, you're not really going to change your, your life much. I have a lot more than that, but I'm not spending more than that every month because to me, it doesn't make sense. And then I think the second part of that is what do you do with the time that you have gotten? If, if Jeff Bezos is spending a lot of time with, his, with himself and with his family and with his loved ones and doing things that he loves doing, then I think that he can be a happy man. If 
if he's only focusing on business and he's doing that simply because he wants Amazon to be the biggest company in the world, then I don't think that he is, he is the most successful and happiest person in the world. When I hear the most successful people in the world speaking, it's rarely that I'm feeling that they are happy. If I'm listening to Elon Musk in an interview, and then I'm listening to Warren Buffett in an interview, Warren Buffett sounds happy. Yeah. He feels to me like a genuinely happy guy. Elon Musk doesn't. Uh, and the same thing if I look in at Jeff Bezos, he doesn't feel very happy, but Bill Gates feels happy. So it's, you can be very, very rich and very, very happy in this sense, but it's definitely not, for me, it's not the same that just because you're very successful financially means that you're very successful in life. Right. I mean, so success is more me uh, measured in terms of happiness. I mean, the happier you are, the more successful you are. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you think of it this way, take, take Avicii, this uh, music DJ who committed suicide last year. It was one of, oh, two years ago, maybe it is. One of the biggest uh, uh, musicians in the world. One of the most successful people in the world and 27 years old or something and still commit suicide. I mean, from a financial perspective, he was very, very successful. Uh, from a human perspective, I mean, I don't think he would consider himself successful because he was apparently miserable. And I think that's so sad. And I think that's part of the problem that probably everyone around him looked at him as being successful. Everyone wanted to be him except himself. And that's just very sad. And it shows to me what, yeah. how the world looks at, at things and people. I think that if you're a superstar like, like he was and you have all this money, you can never trust the reason why people are around you. And it's really hard to connect with people because everyone wants to be around you because you're Avicii. Everyone wants to be around you because you can get into any nightclub in the world and do anything in the world. It's really hard to say that anyone wants to be around around you for who you are. And I think that's the challenging part of when we measure success in money. And I mean, I don't think anyone would say that someone who committed suicide is successful in life. Great. And moving away from that, I wanted to ask you, when you're an entrepreneur, what's gonna happen is that, at least from what I've read in books is that, and for the first few years, nothing's really gonna happen. You're not really gonna be, you know, like there. I mean, at least from what I've read. So how do you keep persisting and pushing even though you've not, even though, like how do you measure progress? For me, I think the first thing is important if you wanna be a successful entrepreneur is to enjoy what you're doing. If you're starting a business that you don't enjoy, you're gonna give up. If you're starting a podcast and you don't like doing a podcast, you're not gonna do a, 96 episodes because you're Great. gonna quit uh, unless you somehow magically stumble on success in the first five episodes and you're really excited about it for some reason but that doesn't happen very often Great. so th for me the key is to if you find something so i believe that there are four things that are really important when when building a business and the first step is that you you really enjoy what you're doing because if you enjoy what you're doing, you're gonna do it either way. But 
then it's a hobby. You can have a podcast and it can be a hobby. You can't fail at something if you really enjoy it. You're just going to do it for the fun of it. Uh, the second part of it is that you are learning something. So if you are having really fun, and at the same time you're learning a lot, those two reasons alone just is like a right reason now. to keep going. Exactly. You're never going to quit something that you think is really fun and that you're learning things from. You're right. never going to quit. The third part of it is that you bring value to other people. One way or another, people are learning something and you're getting things out of it. They, they, they feel value. I mean, if you're doing something that just ticks those three boxes, that's amazing. There is no reason to ever quit that. Even if you're not seeing financial progress, there is no reason to quit. If you're having fun, you're learning and you're teaching. And the fourth step is that it needs to be something that can scale to some extent. And once you then learn how to scale it, you can make money from it. Right. But the problem is that a lot of people try to start with scaling. They're not looking to enjoy it. They're not looking to learn. They're not looking to add value. They're just trying to scale and make money. And if scale is the only thing you're going for, you're not going to succeed in three months because very few things scale in three months. So then it's very likely that you give up. But if you instead of start by looking for what you enjoy, you're not going to give up because you're enjoying it. Right. And then you look for how you can learn from it. Then you look Absolutely. for how you can teach from it. And then you look for how you can scale it. And if you do things in that, that order, I don't think you really can fail. And it's okay that it takes three years. It doesn't matter if it takes three years to get anywhere. If you're having fun and you're learning, then that's the purpose. Right. I mean, when you have fun, I mean, as they say, when you, when you have passion for something, it doesn't really feel like you know, you're working. No, time is flying. <laughs> How do you formulate a vision for your company or for your business as a whole? I mean, like I started this podcast from scratch and I really didn't know where to go from it. And then like, you know, hmm, as I kept pushing, <laughs> I got more of an idea. But then how do you like, you know, know what you want to get at the start? Is that even possible? I don't think it's, I don't think it's important to know where you want to go at the start. To me, so I just did a podcast with my own podcast called Becoming Great about how to set goals because we were setting goals for 2020. And I think that goals sometimes can be a really good thing. And I think that goals sometimes can be a really bad thing. And I think what usually happens when we set goals is we set goals, let's say, I want to make a hundred podcast episodes in 2020, or I want to have 10,000 listeners on every episode in 2020 or whatever the goal is. The problem with a goal like that is that it doesn't include joy. You're not setting, if you instead of saying, setting goal, at the end of this year, I want to love podcasting even more than I do right now. Then you're putting your, you're setting yourself up to win. You're setting yourself up to look for ways to enjoy it. But if you're setting the goal, I want to have 10,000 listeners, I want to produce 100 episodes, Sure, maybe you, you get places, but you're losing track of what's the most important part. Uh, and you're also setting yourself up to, to lose, because if you're not coming closer to that goal, it's easy that you stop doing the things you enjoy and trying to do the things you think are better. Somehow you, so you, you're stepping away from your vision because apparently your vision, quote unquote, is to get 10,000 listeners. And what kind of vision is that? So I think that the key is to, to follow your emotions and see what is it that makes you want to do this podcast? 
what is it that gets you excited about this? And keep looking for that. And once you've gotten to a point where you understand why this is so important to you, then I think you can start thinking about a vision. So from the beginning, the purpose was probably just to, let's see if I can do an episode. Let's talk to some interesting people. Let's see what this happens. It's not, I'm going to change the world. But now maybe your vision is, I want to have Elon Musk as a, a someone to interview. He has a guest by 2023, I don't know. Maybe that's the dream or the vision. Or maybe my dream with, with Instagram is that I want to inspire 100,000 people to start companies. And it's because I want to inspire them to build businesses because I believe that's Anyone's the way to make a better great. place. I, I truly believe that entrepreneurship is the way to influence and change the world. And my vision is for as many people as possible to know that. But I would never come up with that vision when I started my Instagram account five years ago and just posted pictures of my dog. It's like, <laughs> it's not, not the same thing. It's something that grows with you. And I think it's important to stay up to date with that as well. That you don't need a vision from day one, but you need to follow your heart, follow your feelings and be aware of what you're doing. And especially if you're starting involving more people, when it's just you, it's, it's easy for you to know the vision. But if you would have 10 people working with you, then it was very easy for you to write down the vision and be able to explain the vision. And that's just a whole other story. Great. And how do you find your purpose in life? Me. So for me, purpose, I'll go with passion instead. It's somewhat similar, but for me, passion means that that's what just feels good to me. What I just want to, whenever I do it, I can't stop talking about it. Whenever I'm, thinking about it I get excited and once I've been doing it too late at night I can't fall asleep because my brain is constantly going for me that's passion and I believe that the only way to find your passion I think it's similar to if you wanted to find your favorite flavor of ice cream that if you're in a, in a shop with a hundred flavors of ice cream the only way for you to know which one you like the best to is try to everyone. try them all try everyone and I think the same thing goes for passion that no one can tell you what your passion is. Your passion is not going to be the same as mine. So I can't tell you what my passion is and you can do it. The only way you'll find your passion is to try a lot of different things. And it could be enough we just try it for one hour or maybe 10 hours or you don't need to like, if you start playing guitar after one hour, you probably know if you're going to absolutely love this or not. Because if you hate your first hour, you're probably not ever going to absolutely love it. But if you're trying some other things and try some things and after a while you tasted a hundred different flavors of ice cream and maybe you found out like, oh fuck, I love chess and you want to be a chess player or you love theater or you love programming or Photoshop or podcasting. But you have no idea knowing if you enjoy podcasting if you don't try it. So I think that's the key is to put yourself in a position where you're constantly trying new things and it doesn't need to be big things. You can just try small things. Watch uh, Watch a documentary about nature photography and see, does this sound like something that's exciting to me or not? Watch Great. a documentary about neuroscience and see, hey, am I excited about neuroscience? Which is something completely different. You don't need to be a scientist to figure it out. You can probably see what sparks your interest. And once you feel this sparks some interest in me, do more of those things. Great. And as Gary Vee said, just try a lot of different shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to ask you 
how exactly do you go about branding a company because brand is pretty much key like there's a famous analogy in which they say you know marketing is like asking someone out on a date and branding is why they say yes so <laughs> how would you go about branding a business or how did you go about branding Kitana Media I actually haven't been thinking that much about branding with Katina Media and now I'm thinking a lot about I'm thinking a lot more about branding and I'm thinking a lot about who do I want to be and I want the branding of what we do to very clearly represent the values that I have and what we're representing and being around that and it's for me it's about how can I portray myself into this business in a sense like if you just look at my instagram i have a, a logo with eric bergman it's got a smiley face in the logo and it's just like i want to represent something that smiles because that's me i want to communicate very openly and honestly because that's the way i believe that the world the world would be a better place if it was like that and i want to represent that it's not really branding with colors and all of these things maybe if you're launching a clothing brand like supreme maybe then that's what's most important but for me it's more about what do people hear about me how do i talk about me not necessarily that much about colors and logos if that makes sense so i'm trying to communicate who am i and i'm constantly thinking about who do i want to be for example now i'm about to buy a car and i haven't bought a car in a long time and even if i have a lot of money i don't want to buy a ferrari and part of that is that i don't want to communicate you need a ferrari to be happy it's not who i am right i don't want to communicate this is this is who i want to be i'm much rather communicating this is a volvo cuz i'm swedish and i care about the safety of people around me or this is a tesla possibly because i care about the environment right Uh, even though I could afford it, part of my branding as a personal becomes not buying that car. Great. I mean, I mean that's actually so true. So it's just communication, and yeah. And once again, it's consistency. If if I'm consistent with co- talking about money and happiness and joy and the success success not being only about money but also about the people around you. and then i buy a lamborghini it's not consistent then it doesn't it looks off like why would i need the lamborghini if money doesn't make you happy mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense so i think that consistency comes here as well and in branding everything is about consistency if i'm saying that honesty is the most important thing for me in a company but then i'm lying then it's like or i'm saying things that clearly aren't true and i'm exaggerating then it's like yeah that's not being consistent So I think there is this quote about from Warren Buffett I think saying that it takes 20 years to build a reputation and 20 seconds to destroy it. Right. Something like that. And that's the same like consistency is everything. Right. And I want to ask you just for context were your parents also entrepreneurs? No, my parents were most definitely not entrepreneurs. My my mother is a physiotherapist, so she's been working in healthcare uh, all my life. And my father is uh, working for this well now he's retired. Uh, he has been working for the social services the past 20 years and before that he was working in 
factories building water heaters for like 30 years. So they're very unentrepreneurial. Um, but they've always given me a very safe feeling. So when it comes to my entrepreneurial journey, I've always felt that even if I fuck up, I can always come back home and they will put clean clothes on my body and give me food. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. they've given me the confidence of testing my wings, uh, definitely. But they have never been entrepreneurial. And you know, how have you like dealt with judgment during your you know, tenure as an entrepreneur? When you've probably been judged a lot by friends, by family, you know, because you're not taking the regular course of going to college, getting a job, and then, you know. I think that one thing that really helped me with not being judged was that I got successful very early. I started playing poker when I was a teenager, and I made quite a lot of money playing poker. And no one could argue with a kid who didn't choose to go to college when he was making tens of thousands of dollars playing a card game. So I never felt judged, and I started a business while I was playing poker. So I think that I was very lucky from that perspective that it's, I, I, was never, I was never an unsuccessful entrepreneur. I never had to deal with that struggle, uh, which was pure luck in many ways. So no one, I didn't feel judged by my parents or my friends for choosing that route. It was never a challenge for me, even though most of my friends choose to go to college and stuff. So you didn't go to college at all? So we have a different schooling system in Sweden that you have in, in America. So I went to school until I was 19 and uh, then I okay. quit. So I'm not quite sure what that is, like half college or something, because you start college when you're 18, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I went to school till I was 19, and I didn't go anything after that. I see. What do you think is the most, success, most important trait of a successful entrepreneur? So once again, if we define successful as someone who gets shit done and makes money, uh, in this perspective, I'd say the most important trait is to, to do things not thinking too much starting the podcast before you know really why you're doing it or how to do it starting the printing business even if i have no idea how to do it even if it fails i think that's the most key uh, element that if you're just doing things that's so important and i think one other really important trait is also something that you're showing is reach out to people and ask them for help ask them to be on a podcast reach out and just see what you can help out with and be a part of that. Because if you're bringing value to others and you're asking for help, you're inviting people to help you and you're inviting people to feel important in your presence. I feel important by you asking me to be a guest on your podcast. So it's like I'm scratching Thank your back you. and you're scratching mine. <laughs> and that's, that's brilliant. And most people don't think of asking for help that way. Most people think of asking for help as being a problem for someone else being in trouble creating problem for someone else and is a lot of the time it's not so i think just by doing those things reaching out trying to give out trying to ask for value and just doing things instead of thinking about it is so key i don't know who said that but some smart guy maybe it was donald duck or something but <laughs> he said um 20 uh 20 minutes of doing is better than 20 hours of thinking. And I think yeah, it's that's so true. much into that. Yeah. 
Very so much. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. So if you're constantly doing, if you spend 20 minutes doing instead of 20 hours thinking, then that's such an important trait of an entrepreneur. You think with the advent of the internet and the whole, and then like the mass amount of opportunities brought us, do you think that regardless of your passion, you can still build a business around it? Just because yeah. of the internet? Yeah, I think almost for all passions you could do it because the internet can give you access to so many people that have the same interest and there is just enough I, I think that pretty much every interest there is then uh, you will be able to find like-minded people I mean let's say let's say you have a passion for old rolls of scotch tape there are probably very few collectors of scotch tape in your hometown so you will probably not be able to build uh, a store selling scotch tape right but if you look all around the world, I'm guessing, and now I'm taking this extreme example, but there's probably a lot more other people out there who are somewhat really fascinated about tape and would love to have the oldest roll of tape or anything. And might be able to buy rolls of tape for hundreds of, hundreds of dollars. And you could then build a small business around such an extreme niche uh, hobby. But without the internet, I mean, you would never find anyone else who enjoyed gathering tape. I don't know if there is such a thing as collecting tape. It was just an extreme example. But I'm pretty sure that you can find for almost any interest, there is enough people in the world for you to build a business around. Right. And with the amount of the opportunity the internet has got us, where do you think we're headed from here? You know, like in the last 10 years, there've been a lot of more like marketing agencies, UX agencies, uh, agencies that build websites. So where do you think we're headed in the next decade? Wow, next decade of internet, that's a big <laughs> question. Um, so I believe that the first thing that I believe will transform the world is transportation. I think that we're going from a, from a world where everything, every package needs to be hand delivered by some mailman into either drones or just self-driving vehicles and things like that. So I think that e-commerce is gonna like kill regular stores because it's gonna be so easy to order things at home. I think 10 years from now, you can probably order anything on Amazon more or less and have it delivered in a number of hours by a machine. Um, that would not surprise me. So that's gonna take more things into e-commerce. E I definitely believe that voice recognition will be a lot bigger thing 10 years from now than it is today. Because, And we're lazy, we don't want to type. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that voice is gonna be a bigger part one way or another. That it's probably going to take some time before uh, Siri and Alexa and whatever it takes really gets going. But I think that voice is going to be a bigger thing, which is one reason why I really believe in podcasts. People are too lazy to read blogs, but people love just listening and taking information that way. Yeah. I think pods, pod, uh, podcasts are going to keep growing and blogs are going to move to the side. Um, I'm lazy. Even on YouTube, like lots of people, when they want to go watch a motivational video or they want to watch an informational video, you know, they just listen to the video. They don't really, you know, go watch the video. So it's becoming more audio than video. Yeah, we're too distracted all the time. We want to keep <laughs> keep being busy. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Are, you, are you taking advantage of the shift to voice by any means? Like, you know? Not really. Uh, I'm not thinking. So I'm not thinking much about what happens in the future, what trend that I'm going to jump on. I'm thinking a lot more about what do I enjoy. 
How can I find my passion in this? How can I find ways to, at the moment, enjoy Instagram? How can I create content in a way that I love to create the content? Like you just hit 50,000 followers, so great job. Yeah, exactly. It's working. <laughs> but I'm, not, I'm looking for ways to enjoy what I'm doing because then I'm going to keep doing it. I think, well, if you think of a, of a musician and let's say this musician wants to be the best musician in the world in 10 years from now, uh, he could either try and figure out what are people going to do in the future and then try to create what he thinks people will like or he can follow his passion and just play music that he loves to play and i'm pretty sure that the musician who tries to create something because someone else will like it will not succeed but the musician who just loves to play will just keep playing playing his way and you will feel the passion in this person you will feel that he loves what he's doing and that's the road I'm trying to take in business. That if I'm loving what I'm doing, I will be really good at it and people will see it. And if that's voice control or not or whatever it is, fuck that. I want to be the best <laughs> at being me. Uh, and then we'll just see what, what comes from it. Um, so no, I'm not even... I, so far, I haven't thought anything about... I mean, like... I mean, like, when you... I mean, like... In the last 10 years, like lots of businesses have, you know, gone out of business because of the internet. So now just from that perspective, I was asking you if you were doing anything to adapt to the change to your prediction of wise technology. So I think that if I keep following my passion, I think that I will continuously change in ways where the world changes as well. So if, if my passion was, let's say my passion was to sell shoes. I loved shoes and I had had a shoe store for generations. My father was a shoe store owner, my grandfather was a shoe store, and I just loved shoes. Then I'm pretty sure that I would have stumbled upon internet long time ago and set up an e-commerce store because I loved shoes. putting shoes on people. Great. And I would keep following that passion. and. Probably once if I just loved being in that shoe shop and I felt less and less people coming into that shoe shop I would probably stop loving it after a while and start looking for other things to love and I would probably end up on the internet anyway So I think that the problem with businesses going out of business because of the internet I believe is that a lot of the time. They're not really Loving what they're doing. They're not in it with passion and with their heart. They're doing it to pay the bills and if you keep doing something to pay the bills, I think it's really hard to adapt when things change. I mean, Forever 21 went bankrupt and, you know, they were not able to adapt to change with the internet. No, uh, And I'm, lots of businesses have sure done that if, as well. I'm not sure if the board of directors of Forever 21 loved Forever 21 or if the CEO yeah. loved it or if they had been doing it for decades and just was in it to make money with the shareholders. Uh, I guess they were a publicly traded company and this lots of shareholders and it's been about money for a long time. It's never been about making people dress up in a good way or having a passion for uh, for fashion. I mean, from what I've heard of Forever 21, they got like sued multiple times for copying other people's designs. So clearly they were probably- okay, For the money. Yeah. I mean, there's this smart guy who said that, you know, if you're in it for the money, you're not going to get either money or happiness, but if you're in it for the happiness, you can get a high degree of both or something like that. Yeah, that's brilliant. Probably Donald <laughs> Duck too. 
<laughs> and you know the ability to adapt to changes you know it's still very important in society and still very important in business as a whole yeah for sure for sure and i think i i love the like simon senek talks about start with why and understanding why you're doing something and if you're doing something to make money if that's your why then it's going to be really hard to adapt but if you're doing something i just love putting shoes on people's feet then you're going to find out ways to to keep adapting and see what's the best way to to do that and that's going to stay with your wife um but if you don't have a why you don't know why you're doing things it's very hard to adapt because what are you going to adapt to if you're not hey. knowing what you want to do i mean like all great companies have a why yeah definitely and i think like the why defines your purpose in life yeah what i think is the purpose of life no i think the why like you know yeah the, that defines your purpose in life why defines your purpose yeah, i can see that definitely <laughs> And to wrap up the episode, I wanted to ask you, what are your best tips for entrepreneurs who are about, you know, who are going to run a business for future entrepreneurs? So the first tip is to just begin. Don't overthink. I mean, if you think that your idea isn't good enough, you're probably right, uh, but it doesn't matter because when you're starting when you're starting something new, one out of two things can happen. First thing is that you can succeed. The second thing is that you fail and if you fail you learn. Either way you win. The problem is that a lot of us choose number 3, we don't do anything. We stop. <laughs> so we we don't win at all. We don't try, we don't learn. We're just getting stuck. And as long as you start something, that means that you get moving. And if you're moving, you can always change direction. If you're heading in the wrong direction, you can move. You can just switch direction as long as you have speed. But if you're not starting you're just standing still and you're going to stand still forever you're not going to be able to change direction because you don't have any speed. So that's the by far most important thing is to just begin. And secondly like we spoke about before was the importance of just asking for help but also asking to help. See what can you do to help others and I'll start with seeing what you can do to help others. Then look for what how you can get help and look for joy. I think that if you're in something for the money you're you're going to have a really hard time but if you're starting with how can I enjoy this how can I learn doing this how can I teach doing this and how can I scale this if you're doing it in that order then I believe that you have far greater chances of succeeding and growing as a person and adding value to the world and making yourself rich so I think a combination of those things that we've covered during this episode is most important tips that i have to give to an aspiring entrepreneur and coming back to your first tip i wanted to ask you how do you like get over the fear of losing money like you know you've made like 1000 1500 from a job or from you know help like shoveling snow and then you know you wanted to start a business but then you know you're just scared to lose 1500 i mean you can start a business without 1500 it's just about time we started our first business with 10 dollars and a domain name we didn't put any more money into it at all <laughs> and we used it as a hobby the first two years we worked with it 5 10 hours a week in the evenings me and my business partner emil and it took us two years to reach the point where we made $1000 a month but it was just a hobby we didn't invest any money we didn't risk any money instead we risked time and i think fear of failure to me comes from well partly to lose money 
you're afraid of losing money and you can mitigate that by not risking any money and partly about risking to uh, to lose face to people seeing that you're failing and this kind of thing and you can avoid that by not thinking of it as starting a company think of it as starting a hobby you can't fail a hobby if you pick up playing guitar and you stop playing guitar you haven't failed guitar you just stopped playing if you start mitting and then you stop mitting you didn't fail mitting you just stopped mitting and it's the same thing with if you're starting a business thinking about it as a hobby this is like my side project i want to enjoy this and hopefully it can bring money into the future you can't fail them you just you can just stop doing your hobby and that's a good way to get going think of it as a small thing spend five hours a week ten hours a week and just focus on learning and having fun and then hopefully you'll make money from it but you don't need to risk money when starting a business online because there are so many free ways of doing it and you can just get started great and thank you so much for being on my podcast thank you for having me as a guest my friend <laughs>